Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? It is, and it's telling me that this random car that just drove by is really suspicious, so I'm just going to head out if you want to finish the podcast. I'm going to go follow that. Okay, good. Sure, sure. I got this. I got this. To listen to this show, find us on 4iradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. We're almost done with the first season of Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, which yeah. is uh, very interesting. And we've got a super, <laughs> just super exciting, complicated uh, episode to talk about today, right? No, it's, it'll be fine. This will be a short one. This will be a short <laughs> next one, Next week we do. <laughs> uh-huh. Next week we do. This is going to be a short one. I've already, I can already tell. And I don't think it's going to be a thing where you say that and it's really long. Yeah. I think that's just going to be how it is. Cause I, I don't it's just going to be how it is this time. I don't have much to say. It's fun. I don't have anything to say about it. It's fine. End of podcast. Bye. 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 <laughs> yeah. If you'd like to watch along with us, this episode is available on Disney+. Plus. This is uh, episode 12 of the first season of Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. The episode's entitled Pawns of the Kingpin. The synopsis per IMDb is the Kingpin plots to steal the Omni Blaster, a secret military weapon that would make him unstoppable as he goes on a daring crime spree. To ensure his success, he uses a special mind control device to turn Captain America and Iceman into his co-conspirators. Iceman getting like a lot of love in these couple episodes we've been talking about. Yeah, he really is. It's fine. It's just, yeah, it's kind of funny that it's uh, been a few in a <laughs> row of, of Bobby spotlights. <laughs> yeah. The original air date was November 28th, 1981, written by Donald F. Glutt. We've talked about him before on our episode nine. He's written a bunch of these episodes, so very familiar with him. Yeah. We get Captain America in this episode, which is a surprise given the episode we get next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not that, in that doesn't one. have Captain America in it, despite uh, one of his foes being there. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> and Captain America is voiced by George Desenzo, who we have talked about before. We first talked about him in our episode 38 when we talked about seven little superheroes. Unsurprisingly, he was the voice of Captain America. (laughs) I completely forgot Captain America was in that episode until just now. (laughs) I don't remember much from that episode aside from the fact that Shaun of the She-Devil was in it and I lost consciousness while we were talking about it. Uh, Yeah, that that was the one. I remember that. I remember Doctor Strange being completely ineffectual in that episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, and Namor. I learned how to say Namor because of that that episode uh, at the ripe age of 31. That episode did do some good then, so it was... <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> we also, a bit more exciting, get the Kingpin. Uh, not my favorite Kingpin we've ever gotten, but we get the Kingpin here. The voice, though, 
is cool. I like him. It's voiced mm-hmm. by Walker Edmiston. And he is like a lot of these folks that we talk about with Amazing Friends. He was a radio guy who got into TV voice work. Makes lots of sense. He is the voice of Harvey Gabor in Gem. Oh. He also, yeah. <laughs> he also was Sebastian, who's an alley cat, not a crab, in the Disney production Dumbo Circus. <laughs> Okay. Which was like a weird live action costume, uh, what? Like full, full suit show that I'd never heard of. What? Yep, it looks scary. <laughs> okay. Huh. <laughs> uh, he's the voice of Inferno in the original Transformers series. He was Enoch on Land of the Lost, one of the like reptile, like subterranean reptile people. Oh. Right. Um, who was like a recurring character. Okay. Dr. Blinky on HR Puff and Stuff, and many other voices all over the place, including spots on general voice casts of pretty much all the animated shows we tend to bring up when we talk about this show. So sure. the Plastic Man show and the, you know, the Scooby-Doo and Richie Rich, you know, mashup and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> right. So all over the place. And I think potentially even just a part of... Like, I don't know if he's part of this voice cast specifically, but he's definitely part of the 1981 voice cast mm-hmm. um, for sure. He's also specifically credited as that show's Magneto, but not this show's Magneto, <laughs> gotcha. which is fun. Um, <laughs> and we will hear him again in Spider-Man the Animated Series as the absolutely unforgettable Wizard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And then we get Dr. Faustus who is voiced by Dennis Marks, who we know because he's one of the producers and writers for this very show. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he does a good job. Yeah, he does a good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Couple, uh, couple of interesting folks there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just get into this um, equally interesting episode. Uh, <laughs> I'm really downplaying this. It's not a bad episode or anything. I think we've just gotten some really, like, pretty wild ones recently and and then this yeah. one is just like a very normal episode so it's like okay fine but yeah. let's let's <laughs> yeah the, the bar was set high on the wacky and weird department and this was just kind of a step down from that and it's fine let's get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode opens with kingpin showing off a video of a weapon called the omni beam or omni blaster that can emit magnetic explosive melting later we learn freezing and uh there's another one stun beams literally everything yeah he basically says this gun has all the beams all the beams you can think of (laughs) also when they say it it, they specifically say it melts reinforced concrete and they show that by having it melt bricks (laughs) so it really can't do anything (laughs) it can do anything you don't even have to know what material you're talking about because it'll take care of it Yep. (laughs) (laughs) This is so funny to me. He says he paid $50,000 for them. I don't know if he means each one or just one, um, but he also then says they're being kept in a high security vault and he needs to get them out. So did he buy them and they were confiscated and he's getting them back? I don't know. Or did he like buy the rights to steal them from like some other crime lord? Oh, I could. I mean, that's like some bizarre logic but i actually think that that could that would make more sense than anything else i like it more i mean there there is no in-show explanation for what he paid for (laughs) i don't know why he's not just stealing them like that (laughs) i don't know but he paid a lot of money to do whatever he's about to do or to get back whatever he bought i I don't know yeah 
In any case, it's confusing. And when one of his subordinates named Crusher points this out and says, hey, dude, they're in a vault that you couldn't even get into. Kingpin's like, I don't have to get into it because I'm going to get Captain America and Iceman to do it for me. And all of us scratch our heads. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. What, what are you up mean? to, Kingpin? <laughs> <laughs> he specifically calls Iceman his ludicrous ice-covered friend. Yes. Yeah, ice-covered. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just ice-covered. Just a covering. It is quite ludicrous, though. I, I, will, I will give him that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when Crusher questions Kingpin's plan, obviously, because what the hell does any of that mean? Kingpin prompts a man named Dr. Faustus to demonstrate a psycho disc. A uh, <laughs> unfortunate name. Very, un- very unfortunate name. <laughs> um, which is, the, it's like this small adhesive device that, uh, that allows Faustus to control the actions of anyone whose neck it's attached to. It's like, yeah, he just shoots it out. It just immediately sticks to the person's neck. And then he can talk to him through his little like watch communicator device, I guess, yeah. directly into it. It almost probably works a little bit like an inhibitor chip, you might say. Oh, my gosh. It does inhibit. (laughs) Yeah. It inhibits the person's brain so other people can control it. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And also in the back of the neck. So it's it's all meant to be. (laughs) So to demonstrate this, Faustus forces Crusher to collect like a chicken and then jump off the balcony. Because he thinks that he can, like, saying that he believes he can fly. He just jumps off a balcony and we see that he like supposedly landed safely into like a muddy pig pen. It was a very high balcony. He has many broken bones. If he's like, I can believe he survived. Broken bones. (laughs) (laughs) I could believe he maybe survived, but is in immense pain for the rest of his life. (laughs) No way. Dr. Faustus, you son of a biscuit. You killed that man and we all know it. (laughs) That man Mm. is dead. (laughs) <laughs> biscuits do sound good though they do they do <laughs> yeah. sound really good let's make biscuits let's make biscuits yeah all right podcast over we're gonna make some biscuits. making some biscuits <laughs> bye <laughs> i'm so i don't know why i'm so apprehensive to talk about this episode because it's not that bad <laughs> it's not it's really not it's, it's not really not <laughs> it's just like you said we got so much weird and this one is so plain yeah <laughs> not not plain in a bad way just like sometimes vanilla ice cream is very good but when you've just had like a full ass sundae yeah you know <laughs> i do although i do like that it's like this is such a plain episode where the kingpin is gonna mind control captain america and, and ice man into stealing a gun that can do anything <laughs> like that well, shows you the level that American uh, American uh, Amazing Friends is like constantly working at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Amazing Friends is the show that I have lost my absolute composure over more than any other show we've talked about. So, yeah, 100%. you know, it's sort of a drug in that sense. Like, it needs to. I'm always chasing the high of Doctor Frump or Doctor Frump. There I go again, <laughs> giving that man a degree. I've done it before. I'll never stop. <laughs> It's it's the ship name between Doctor Doom and Frump. Oh, Doctor Frump. Okay. There you go. We can work with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, when the other goons react to Crusher's chicken act, uh, in wonderment and awe, and also probably terror, Kingpin shows them a flyer for an event at Empire State University featuring Captain America and the Spider Friends. Sure. Uh, and assures them that what just happened to Crusher will pale in comparison to what he has in store for Captain America and Iceman. Not sure how, because I, again, am certain that man is now dead. <laughs> but oh <okay. laughs> I just, one of the things that's so funny about this episode to me that had me so immediately like, huh? 
is just like honestly is just Captain America's involvement at all. Like the moment Kingpin was like, I'm gonna get Captain America to do it, I was like, why is he here? <laughs> yeah. Like what why? Yeah, because Kingpin's in universe logic and um rationale is that oh, like, Captain yeah. America is super trusted. And so like I think the implication is that even some even like the spider friends wouldn't be as trusted in this like maximum security vault thing as trusted as Captain America would be to get in, I guess. That's true. I forgot about that where he says like, he's the only man they would let in there. Yeah. So like they do, they do make it a point to explain that it's still a bizarre coincidence that Captain America is like, just happens to be hanging out with the spider <laughs> friends in the way that he is in town. But. It's such a strange connection because this is what it is. The next day, Captain America and the spider friends are giving a demonstration of their powers in front of a wholly adoring crowd. Which I will point out means that at least in this show, which we haven't, there's nothing to contradict this. Like Spider-Man, totally cool with the public. People, totally into it. (laughs) Yeah. I will go to bat with saying that I think that, like, there's no evidence that the public doesn't like him. So, like, what you're saying is perfectly Yeah, no, that's all I'm saying. Like, it's just interesting that in this show, I I don't need it to be either way. Yeah. Um, But we pointed out before that like in this show peter's not really a photographer or they never show it yeah Um, and in this show also peter uh, or rather spider-man is just like a generally beloved uh superhero so it's you know given given the conversation that we had early on when we covered the show and then sort of revisited with jim krieg a little bit the show really is sort of like subtly very different than a lot of spider-man shows even in addition to the obvious things that are very different about it yeah, it's like a little more. It's like up, more upbeat and optimistic yeah. about Spider-Man's place in the world. Oh yeah, I'll give you that uh, for, for for sure. And I'll take that. Like a little bit more upbeat. Like yeah, that's all right too. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's. I do. I also think that there's space for there to be like just the justification that Captain America is beloved and people are there for Captain America first. Hype, hype, Everybody hype. else is just sort of like <laughs> it's fine that they're there. Okay, if Captain yeah. America invited, like they're they're they like they like Spidey only by association. But they wouldn't go to a Spider-Man stunt show at ESU necessarily. <laughs> That's true. For the day, Spider-Man has the Captain America stamp of approval. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we know the the public is fickle, so tomorrow yeah. maybe not. <laughs> because Aunt May has expressed her displeasure in this show towards true. Spider-Man, and she's there and enjoying the show, but because of Captain America, like explicitly. So yeah, I think that that there's yeah the audience. The, uh, People are fickle. I think is is a is a good uh, is a good read on it. I think in this because yeah, because yeah. By the way, Aunt May is is here with Miss Lion, and there's like this weird bit of animation when Miss Lion's just kind of obligatory uh, appearance and barking lines. Like they animate her head like with fewer frames than normal as she's barking i guess and it just kind of looks like she's having a seizure it's really weird or it's like <laughs> almost like a, like the jacob's ladder effect where like they have like the speeded up like low frame rate thing is it's that just, what that's called i didn't know that i i don't know i don't that's I, i'm sure there's a name for it but jacob's ladder is like what originated it like that from that movie Oh, um, I don't even know that movie. Yeah. So I thought you were just like naming a technique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the what the actual technique is called, but that's like the thing that that made that technique the thing that you see in like every demon possession movie yeah. now. Um, I think I her, probably first saw it in The Ring. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's like it's everywhere now. That yeah. just was the first movie that kind of did it, and it's just Miss Lyons doing that in. The- <laughs> 
muting this for you know a what? sec. Miss Lion, you're great, but you're not immune to demon possession. None of us are. <laughs> That's true. And if any show is going to have somebody possessed by a demon, it would be this show. So True. True. Yeah. <laughs> well, this demonstration cracks me up because for a few reasons. One, Captain America is like, I'm going to show you all what the power of working out and exercise can do for you. What? But, and did for me. <laughs> but first... To open this show, let me show you these super-powered beings who don't have their powers from working out and exercise. They just are superheroes. And not like, just what? Captain America either. Like, I know, I like mean, really downplaying yourself, buddy. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I guess it's supposed to be like an aspirational type of thing. But, yeah. like, you're just lying to people. I don't like that's not ethical, dude. It's like, no, you're, you're putting, uh, you're putting, you're putting like impossible expect, like body expectations onto people, man. Yeah. Yeah. Captain America, what are you doing? <laughs> but then what's funny, even beyond that, even beyond the fact that the opening act is Firestar making a shield out of fire and then flying through it. Okay. As yeah. the opening act. Um, is Captain America challenging the spider friends to stop him from running from one side of the basketball court to the other? <laughs> <laughs> Which they failed to do, despite Spider-Man assuring the crowd, we're really going to try, and we're really going to try. <laughs> like, me thinks he doth protest too much. <laughs> <laughs> The, the lighting and, like, all the shadows and stuff in the scene are, like, off the chain. Like, the... the <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, on the crowd? Yeah. It looks like Whoa. they're in a bunch of smoke, like, the whole Whoa. time. It's <laughs> too much. And even, like, the spotlight on them. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know why it is, but it looks like... It just looks like a force field or something. Like, it doesn't look yep. like it's light. It's really <laughs> odd. <laughs> Drama, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the not the prettiest episode ever. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no. Well, and it cannot like like we've said cannot live up to the previous episode with regards to visuals. It yeah. just cannot. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Although Firestar Shield is cool, I'll give them that. Oh yeah, no, that, that was a cool idea. She's the only one in that group that does anything remotely cool. Everybody else yeah. is just like, I'm Spider Man with my web. Like, all right, cool. Also, Iceman could make I, – I fully thought they were all going to make a shield. Like, that would have been cool. All of them can do it. Oh, yeah. That's true. Whatever. 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 Firestar is the only creative in the group. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, after this uh, demonstration, Iceman shares that uh, he's decided to interview Captain America for an assignment that's due the next day. So outside, as Captain America is signing autographs for a whole bunch of fans – there's a there's a, a brief bit where people are like, I'll trade you seven Icemans for one Captain America. <laughs> Is that a thing people used to do, like trade autographs? Probably. I, I believe that. Sure. Why not? I, I think that that. Yeah. I have. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's viable. I, it just I believe it seems it. it seems like a thing that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So Captain America is distracted by his fans. And uh, that's when Faustus takes the opportunity to shoot him with his psycho disc and. Immediately take control of his mind, uh, yeah. <laughs> like instantly. So uh, Cap's in control. Uh, Iceman is reminded of his interview with Captain America while he's signing an autograph for Aunt May and uh, pieces out to find Captain America. Yeah. Bobby also, or Iceman, I guess, I just did the thing that he does, 
almost gives his identity away to Aunt May, which is funny <laughs> yeah. and is a thing that continues to happen in this episode. Oh, yeah. um, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. I like, it I like Iceman at like maximum himbo. Yes. Like that's where I need him to be in this show. Like I need him yeah. to just be super dumb. Oh, it's great because it makes yeah. it honestly makes him more likable when he's really. Stupid. I agree. He's very charming. I think Frank Welker does the himbo performance really well. Like that wasn't even a term that existed back in the day, but he embodies that in his performance, yeah. I think. And I think it uh, it sets Bobby apart from the rest of the spider friends, too. So, That's a good point. The Welker thing, because like Fred's a bimbo, too. <laughs> Fred's just kind of a, a doofus sometimes. Yeah. And I, I tend to like him when he's a doofus, too. Obviously very different because he's also kind of a genius at the same time. But uh, yeah. I never really thought about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the, the there's a reason I think, like, the best Fred is the one that's in the Mystery Inc. show because they, like, <laughs> find the, the right balance between, like, he is extremely yes. skilled at traps and everything. He's not, like, he's not unskilled and, and he's not, like, stupid, but he's also kind of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also, like, a little very ditzy and yeah. oblivious. And Welker does that shit so good. He does. Yeah. He does Airhead so well. <laughs> yeah. Because he makes it fun and funny and, like you said, charming. Mm-hmm. So Iceman catches up with Captain America and does ask, this cracks me up. He asks him, hey, can we do the interview now? And Captain America, under Faust's control, replies, sure, but later. <laughs> <laughs> so not now. <laughs> yep. Captain America then explains that he needs Iceman's help on a top secret mission. Um, and Iceman, actually, we don't get a reaction at all from Iceman, but he's probably really excited about it. <laughs> he does have a government code name. So like, that's I, true. He's probably been on top secret missions before. That's true. That's continuity, folks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was intentional. <laughs> totally intentional. Well, nearby Firestar is wondering like where Iceman made off to and asks Spider-Man, like, where did he go? But <laughs> Spider-Man is like, I don't know. However... <laughs> I, I'm getting a weird sense about this limousine over here, which we know is Kingpin's. And so he's like, I'm going to go check that out. And he just completely fucks off uh, and tells Firestar to find Iceman on her own. <laughs> cool. Good cool, friend. Man. Good cool, friend, dude. <laughs> Real spider friend right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, after all our complaining of, like a few episodes ago about Spider-Man just not having his spider sense for an episode now it's just like oh it's OP in this episode (laughs) it is on display for sure (laughs) so inside this limo that that, to be fair his spider sense was extremely correct about uh, Kingpin and Faustus hear Spider-Man land on the roof of the car so so they try to shake him Kingpin kind of shocks and knocks out Spidey and Spider-Man falls onto a set of train tracks just as a train is approaching, and now he's unconscious and going to be hit by a train. <laughs> I love that Kingpin's like, we got to time this just right, which means he fully intended to drop Spider-Man on the train tracks yeah. and is skilled enough at shocking people with the roof of his car to do it correctly. <laughs> yep. It's, nice. He's done this before. This is not his first time this rodeo. <laughs> nope. 
luckily Firestar's around. Um, cause, yeah, you know. because she was like, no, you're not fucking off without me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correctly so. <laughs> like, a correct thing to do. Um, so the good thing she was there. She's like, oh, no, he's on the tracks. And I don't have time to fly down and, and, and swoop him up. So I'm going to blast. I thought she was going to blast the train and blow up the train. And I was going to be extremely Same. upset. Same. Um, thankfully, she does the, like, more sensible but still really kind of <laughs> bizarre and, and extreme thing of blasting a nearby water tower that unleashes a flood of water onto the train tracks to wash Spidey off. I would have thought that that would have made the train also like slip off the tracks and cause a major crash. That was my second thought. I thought that's what she was doing next. And I was like, that's not better. <laughs> yeah. but no, the tr- it's, it's not a lot of water in this water tower, I guess, because it washes off quickly enough to wash Spidey off and is gone by the time the train has to... To, to ride by so everything's fine that was the best possible scenario it turns out sure <laughs> yeah my favorite thing about this scene is seeing firestar like maximum 60 feet away from spider-man and being like i'll never reach him in time <laughs> okay but then the thing that she does is how long did that have to take for all the water to come pouring out of this water tower and flow all the way to spider-man to wash him off the tracks yeah uh, this, this show. Great she's show. a quick thinker, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give her that. Sure. <laughs> well, later, Spider-Man and Firestar, now just completely together, not split up, never split up, find Captain America and Iceman together, <laughs> not individually, uh, and fill them in on the suspicious limo. Because Spider-Man did not actually figure out who was in the limo. He never knew that it was was uh, Kingpin, which I think is kind of a cool cool detail captain america though kind of like brushes it off and is like okay cool thanks interesting um iceman let's meet up later see ya and then like rides off and (laughs) again spider-man's op spider sense goes off just because that's weird (laughs) (laughs) not because of danger but because that's weird and it's funny yeah like you said we were just talking about his spider sense and i think i even said at one point like I'm not even sure I know what his spider sense looks like. After this episode, I very much know what it looks like because I've seen it like eight times. His eyes flash. Yeah. Yeah. So I love this scene just because I think it's fun. That night, Iceman sneaks out of the house to meet up with Captain America and Spider-Man and Firestar follow. And they do so in full costume. They, they don't change once they're out of the house. They are fully changed into their costumes in the house. Yeah. I love Spidey you know, pretending to be asleep. Peter is pretending to be asleep in his full Spider-Man costume. Yep. And hopefully Aunt May isn't up for like a midnight snack or anything Mm -hmm. or else this could get real bad, but uh, assuming that doesn't happen. (laughs) He's the only one that it makes sense to have been dressed. The other two can wait until they get outside. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, uh, they follow Iceman to Slumber Hills Cemetery where they find a trail of water from Iceman's leaky ice bridge. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess that is sort of a downside to being Iceman traveling that way, that, like, anyone can follow you. Like, you can't ever be stealthy about anywhere, anything yeah. you do. Yeah, I never really thought about what happens to his path. I think in The Incredibles, it just, like, sort of turns into snow and falls, right? But yeah. I never really thought about Iceman's. Because wasn't it the, I think it was the very first episode of this show. There's that weird scene where the cop like tries to write him a ticket for his ice bridge or something. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, it definitely takes a while for it to melt. <laughs> it's a public that, obstruction. Yeah, it's a major <laughs> obstruction because he doesn't he doesn't pay attention to where he's at. He's no. doing it all roads sometimes. He's probably caused a lot of car accidents and stuff. Probably. Like, they're a hazard to the – and, you know, the, the, that along with how, how many times Spider-Man's, like, we've seen, like, Miss Lion eating Spider-Man's webbing and stuff. <laughs> oh, like. Like they are, they are a hazard to the city. Like they are an environmental hazard. That would be such a funny series. Basically, amazing friends, but being a hazard. I would love that. <laughs> they just ruin people's days. Like inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, nothing everyone. horrible, but just like ah, <laughs> the amazing friends were here once again. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, they follow. Uh, they follow the, uh, the, uh, the 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 ice bridge remnants to a government base where the mind-controlled Captain America claims that the base is actually full of spies. <laughs> they break, uh, and the two of them break in by shorting the electric fence and then just leaping in nice surfing over that electric fence that they shorted out. <laughs> just really got to flex on that fence, you know? And I guess this kind of negates my defense of Captain America's involvement because Kingpin was like, yeah, they'll trust Captain America and let him in, but they still break in anyway. So yeah, there's no moment where people are just sort of like, Oh, sorry, Captain. Yeah. Come on in. I guess that was just like an added, like just an extra layer of like protection that like maybe people would hesitate more. If it was Captain. They do. I guess that's fair. Like inside, they're like, "What are you doing, sir?" Because <laughs> like I can believe that Kingpin does plays 4D chess a lot and would have like sure. like a C D E and F like plan for his other plans maybe. <laughs> so I'll give him some credit. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> well, after attacking a number of base personnel, <laughs> the two find their way into a lab where Iceman uses his powers to freeze the entire staff. Uh, doesn't really question it, but I guess he thinks they're all spies. So whatever. Um, and break open the vault in a pretty cool way, I think, actually. He sort of like he freezes the whole thing and then he sort of like ice drills it. I don't really care if it makes sense. It looked really cool. <laughs> so yeah. I liked that. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, the Omni Blaster is inside. And just in time, Spider-Man and Firestar arrive to witness them doing this and to witness Captain America using the Omni Blaster on a number of soldiers. And they look at each other. And I, I don't even remember who says it, but one of them is like, Captain America and Iceman are traitors. Huh? And then it goes to commercial. <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to shout out our spectacular enough patrons, Bo, Katie, Mike, Eric, Carl, and Lillian. If you would like to join our Patreon, we have a ton of great bonus content waiting for you. We have our Spider Bites, where we talk about pretty much whatever we want in the Spider-Man universe, such as comics, like the current Miles Morales series, and classics like Kraven's Last Hunt. Sometimes we do deep dives into Spider-Man stuff, like our miniseries on the unmade Spider-Man movies. Or we spin off into other topics, like the Blade movies or the Firestar comics. Sometimes we'll do some bonus content just because we happen to have it, like Peaks Behind the Curtain or how we make certain episodes. And if you join us at the $5 Spectacular level, you also get access to our After Dark commentaries, where we let loose and talk about shows that aren't Spider-Man related without a filter. Shows like Gargoyles, Batman Beyond, Muppet Babies, and more. 
ultimately, these are the types of things that we're going to talk about anyway. So recording it and making it available on Patreon is our way of saying thank you so much for supporting this show and letting us do the types of things we really want to do. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate that too. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. I, it, Captain America's testing out the beam and stuff. Like, you know, he's shooting, he's, she's shooting, sol- like, he doesn't shoot and kill the sol- soldiers, but he, like, shoots the ground to make soldiers, like, fall onto the next level or whatever. But yeah. then he also just, like, shoots in the direction of Spider-Man and Firestar. And I, I didn't understand what was happening because I, like, is that because he could see them? Because if he did, nobody reacts like he saw them. Right. Nobody actually reacts to them until after the commercial when they literally walk into the room. So I was like, did he just shoot out the door just for shits and giggles? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I don't know. I assumed that he saw them as well, but, but feeling after the fact like he doesn't yeah it kind of implies that he was just sort of like wildly firing this gun to see what it could do <laughs> which i guess it can do a lot so i mean it does make sense to try to test it it's what, just it's yeah. all the more reason not to randomly fire it imo <laughs> i mean that ends up being like the whole the whole the whole uh the whole way that this episode wraps up is sort of like don't press random buttons that you don't yeah. know when you don't know what it does so very curiosity killed the kingpin type of uh, lesson uh-huh so it would kind of play into the theme you know yeah that's true that's true <laughs> Yeah, so like I said, they do see Spider-Man and Firestar after a second when they like literally walk into the room. And Iceman kind of tries to explain, or Spider-Man and Firestar try to be like, what's going on? Captain America interrupts everybody and claims that the two are actually androids sent to stop them. Which he should have every reason to believe. Yeah. He has already fought so many androids. I love, I love that that sort of like twist there. It's not really a twist, but like, I love, I love that justification like to make the spider friends fight because yeah, in this show, that is a completely believable thing. Yeah. And it is, it will be very hard to disprove because the only way that they've like defeated Android duplicates of people before is just by like blasting them with rays of stuff. Yeah. So like, that's what he's trying to do. You know, what's so funny about it too, is like the fact that androids have come up multiple times in the show and the fact that the show doesn't care about continuity means that that just was a thing that in this universe is like a totally normal thing you might encounter. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're yeah. a superhero, you're bound to fight androids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, during the scene too, there's like, there's a lot of crates and stuff in this. Oh, so warehouse. Warehouse with crates. Got a warehouse crates. One of the crates just says X-A-M exclamation point on it. What? I don't know. Zam. Zam, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that reminds me, too. Earlier on, there was another another fun billboard. There's uh, Carl's Exterminating Emporium, and it's a billboard with a bunch of, like, like just a shit ton of dead flies with a fly (laughs) swatter. And, of course, Spider-Man's, like, right in front of it when when you see it, too. He lands, like, right under where the fly swatter would would, – would swat. Yeah, it's a good one. It's great. Good gag. <laughs> Love a billboard yeah. gag. But yeah, so Iceman believes that they're androids, so the, these four superheroes are clashing now. Uh, during the fight, Captain America <laughs> claims that they've received their direction from the president. Spider-Man still trying to convince Iceman that they're not that they're not androids and the whole thing is bogus, but Iceman doesn't believe them. Because, you know, like that if they're perfectly 
created Android duplicates. They're going to be able to do all the same stuff that Spider-Man and Firestar can do. So there's nothing that they can do. To <laughs> I know. I like, love the moment when Firestar is like, if I'm an Android, could I do this? It's, it's like, like yes, yeah. flamethrowing technology does exist. <laughs> yeah. You're also literally flying right now. So if he thought that you were an Android when you were flying, I'm sure he would think that you are when you're just shooting fire. A very nor- a very basic thing to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> so funny. It's really funny. Also, I love that Amazing Friends walked so that Civil War could run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no superheroes have ever fought each other before no. before this single episode of television. Yeah, this is revolutionary. It is kind of funny, though. It is, it's, like, almost underplayed that, like, this is the episode where the Spider-Friends fight each other. Like, <laughs> they think true, that that yeah. would be a bigger deal and a bigger highlight. And it's pretty – it's very underplayed. And it. it just kind of happens for a very short – like, a very cut short couple of fight scenes and then it's over with. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, this episode would be so different if it were part of the 2017 series. Oh my god. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> right? <in> many ways. <laughs> so this none of this is working out. Uh so instead Spidey just decides to toss a spider tracer on Captain America's shield and figures he'll just follow him wherever he goes. Well, this is a weird uh next couple beats because Iceman and Firestar end up in sort of like a deadlock position because they're blasting each other with a fire beam and an ice beam. And we've seen them sort of cancel each other out before. And so they just are canceling each other out here. So Captain America's like, uh, let's not do this. And just uses the Omni Blaster to freeze both Firestar and Spider-Man. And Firestar's Firestar. So it just sort of like cools her off and like immobilizes her. But it turns Spider-Man into like a full ass block of ice. Um, which is hilarious. And then Iceman is like, wait a second, that thing can do everything I can do. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, why do you need me? (laughs) (laughs) So back at the Kingpin's hideout, Kingpin worries about the, uh, the psycho disc on Captain America expiring because, uh, I don't even remember if, if we specified, but there is like a time limit on these before they burn out. So Faustus tells him not to worry. And then he shoots Kingpin with a psycho disc. Whoa. (laughs) <laughs> twist <laughs> yeah the way that they draw it like you know it, it, it goes on his neck that's where it's supposed to go but i swear for a second it looks like it's been shot into his ear uh, <gasps> which would be very worrisome if that's what happened but it does then it goes in the back of his neck yeah um, i would hate that yeah so now kingpin is under faustus's control and has to declare faustus the boss yeah faustus real real uh inferiority complex being <laughs> like who's the boss say i'm the boss <laughs> yeah Yep. I real need to hear it. <laughs> serious Starscream energy going on here with him. For real. <laughs> well, at the military base, Firestar struggles to move because she's been blasted by that ice blast. Um, but, again, notable, she is the one who can kind of move. But Spider-Man, the one who is entirely a block of ice, yep. is the one who saves the day by rocking himself into some sort of contraption that I guess is a heat beam that he shoots Firestar with. Sure. And because this is Amazing Friends, shooting something with a beam solves everything. So uh-huh. she's she's fine. She's totally fine. So now that she's good, she can melt Spider-Man out of his ice block uh, and everybody else out of their ice block, which allows for a scientist who I think is worth noting. I know this is 1981, not necessarily 1967 or anything, Mm -hmm. but still cool that, like, the scientist is a black man in this show. It's, like, Mm -hmm. really the only black character in this episode, Um, and he's, like, the military scientist, which I think is neat. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's a cool (laughs) call. I I also like that the instant that he's 
unfrozen after being frozen solid in a block of ice for a very long time. He's unfrozen, just walks over to a board and starts explaining stuff. Yeah. Like he's he's completely unfazed by this experience. Yeah. He's seen shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he does. He like he's like, okay, here's the deal. We gotta get down to business. Here's how you can solve this problem, you know? Yeah. Um and he tells Spider-Man and Firestar that the Omni Blaster has a seven second self-destruct sequence. A seven second self-destruct sequence. That is uh-huh. activated by the push of a button, and uh, and they can use this to their advantage. So they're like, okay, great. Now that we know this, um, let's go find Captain America. Spider-Man tells Firestar, like, we're good to go. I put a tracer on him. Let's uh, let's solve this problem with the seven-second self-destruct sequence. <laughs> what a terrible design choice! Because this button is a big button on the top of the the ray. Yep. It's not hard to access. Nope. Like you could bump this by accident, yep. and you don't have to say a passcode or anything. <laughs> Real bad. Real bad. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, elsewhere, Captain America and Iceman walk through a fancy hallway, and Iceman asks where they are. Captain America replies, they're in the home of the man who gives me my orders. And the two are greeted by Kingpin and Dr. Faustus. Yep. I love the moment where Iceman's like, I thought the president lived in the White House. <laughs> yeah. Dumbass. Did you not see the building you were walking up to? You stupid, lovable, beautiful idiot. Uh, love it. Love it. Yeah, he's so well written in this one. He really is. So Captain America hands Faustus the Omni Blaster just in time for his psycho disc to deactivate, and for Cap to realize what he's done. Faustus blasts Iceman with the Omni Blaster's heat beam, and Captain America with a stun beam, rendering both of them useless. Wow, real twist, that stun beam. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Never saw it coming. (laughs) Well, outside, Spider-Man and Firestar realize that they've traced Captain America to Kingpin's mansion, which (laughs) Spider-Man's like, no surprise there. Well, yeah. (laughs) uh, I mean, I guess they don't know yet, but uh, it's just like a funny thing to say when you've reached a villain's mansion. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So they they break inside and find Captain America and Iceman inside of basically just like a prison cell built into the mansion. No big deal. Spider-Man just rips the entire wall of bars off the wall, (laughs) which is cool. Also, it definitely did that animation thing where it was like obvious something was going to happen to the bars. So you like knew he was probably going to rip them off. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of that in this episode where it's like you have the the little pieces of the wall that are not the only place that isn't like a matte painting. So you can very much tell. I love it. I love it though. Uh, It cracks me up. It cracks. It's like, it's one of those things that's like obviously objectively like bad, like because you don't need that anymore. But like, it's also delightful because it's such a necessity and it's, it's like, you know exactly why. So like you can forgive it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's sometimes like, at least when I was a kid, I feel like when I'd watch, when I'd watch cartoons, I feel like, it would almost give me a little bit of like joy from being like, I know what's going to happen. They're going to break through that wall because <laughs> you can tell, like, no, like feeling like you had this like special insider information. Like I can, I can see, I can see that it's animated. It looks different. So I know it's going to happen. Yeah. 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 There is something like not just charming about it because it's old, but like delightful in the fact that, yeah, you kind of feel like you have inside info. <laughs> hmm. It's like you're watching Scooby-Doo, and it's like, that's going to be a trap door. I already <laughs> exactly. can tell. Well, it's like the Mysterio episode where we talked about the trap door, and we're like, someone's going to fall through the floor. Someone's going to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he, he rips the bars off the wall, and he and Firestar restore Cap and Iceman with a water hose and a fire extinguisher, which means that we have now covered two episodes 
of a Spider-Man cartoon, separate Spider-Man cartoons, where a fire extinguisher is the solution to a problem. <laughs> Blasting somebody with a fire extinguisher endorsed by Spider-Man cartoons. <laughs> yeah, the fire extinguisher makes sense for that to be around. Why is there a water hose in their cell? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Especially in the cell of an ice person? Like, Maybe. that seems like a real massive misjudgment. I mean, maybe maybe the cell is typically for animals, so it's like a cleaning thing. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I have to admit, that just I seems like a big <laughs> oversight, considering that they knew that they were going to have Iceman. Like this was their plan going correctly was to have Iceman here. Yeah, they should have done something about that water hose because if he had woken up soon enough, he would have just used the water hose on himself. True. Yeah. <laughs> And then he would have been able to, like, max Iceman out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like some <laughs> self-sabotage there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as Iceman comes to, Faustus arrives with Kingpin and the Omni Blaster to find that the heroes have begun to break out. So he tosses the Omni Blaster to Kingpin and orders Kingpin to destroy Captain America and the Spider-Friends. Kingpin's like, yes, I will do that, and I will begin with the number one troublemaker, and M. Night Shyamalan twist turns the Omni Blaster on Faustus, revealing that he'd been wearing fake skin on his neck because he never trusted Faustus and was never under the Psycho Disc's control. Wiggity what? <laughs> Told you, 4D chess, man. Yeah, yeah. Not gonna lie. Actually surprised me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that. I legit did not see that. Huh? I wasn't really how, sure how, where things were gonna go, happened. but I didn't think it was that. <laughs> nope. Nope. So yeah, no, good twist. <laughs> yeah. Good job, guys. <laughs> so, you know, the spider friends jump into action and begin to charge at Kingpin, but since he has the Omni Blaster, the gun that can do anything, <laughs> um, he's able to escape without a scratch, especially because he has a secret door. So he's able to, to just get yeah. out of dodge pretty easily. Um, the heroes are confronted by a bunch of Kingpin's goons. They obviously prove no trouble because they're just a bunch of random goons. And then Dr. Faustus fails to escape when he attempts to run out the door. But <laughs> Iceman creates crystal clear ice in the doorway. So Dr. Faustus just runs head on into a block of ice and falls down and passes out. Love it's it. It's very funny. Love it's it. It's a great, great little physical gag. Iceman very should funny. use this tactic way more often. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. Well, outside, Spider-Man commandeers Captain America's motorcycle in order to catch up with Kingpin's private jet, which is taking off. Uh, Kingpin tries to shake Spider-Man off just like he did with the car by flying erratically this time, though. Doesn't have a shock plane, I guess, like he has a shock (laughs) car. Um, And then Spider-Man punches right through the windshield of the plane, which seems like a massive design flaw on the part of the plane. <laughs> yeah. Like, what if you hit a bird? <laughs> that happens oh, all the yeah, time. Good point. Good point. <laughs> anyway, he punches through the windshield of the plane so that he can fight Kingpin. But I, I actually really like this next thing. It doesn't, like, he doesn't stand a chance. Like, Kingpin makes quick work of Spider-Man. He does exactly what Kingpin does by just overpowering him and bear-hugging him to the point where Spider-Man, like, can barely stand up. And I like that that's the that's what they choose. Yeah, he's also in a very enclosed space. Like Spider-Man is at a dis, at, at a disadvantage by being in this very small setting where he can't do any cool acrobatics or anything. Yeah, he can't either. do cool acrobatics and the last place you want to fight Kingpin is somewhere where he can absolutely reach you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so I I I wasn't I was kind of like 
I was really excited that Kingpin got away through the secret door. And then when they, they had Spider-Man catch up to him, I was like, oh, man, like I liked that Kingpin was getting away. So I was like kind of bummed that Spider-Man caught up with him. I like where it all ends like by the end of the episode. But at this point, I was like, oh, man, like I don't want him to just like catch up with him and win. And then he didn't. Yeah. So twist number two. I'm pleased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But again, he still has this gun that can do literally anything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Spidey's at a major disadvantage. But Kingpin's like, I know everything about this gun except for this one black button. We haven't used this one yet, but it looks very ominous and creepy and scary. <laughs> so that means it must do something super deadly. Yeah. It's gotta be it's gotta be like an instant death ray or like a cancer ray or something, <laughs> like just make turns you inside out. It's gotta do something like that. And Spidey, like I, I love the delivery on it too, because he's like, oh, uh, oh no, not the black button. <laughs> Please <laughs> don't. Do no. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so of course Kingpin pushes the the very poorly designed self-destruct button. <laughs> which doesn't even announce that, th- that it's self-destructing. No. Like Spidey has to be like, by the way, that was a self-destruct button. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> Do you know what you've done? <laughs> <laughs> also, Kingpin, you did no research on this gun, this super powerful gun. Like, I mean, I guess it's a like, classified, but if you knew that the gun existed, I feel like one of the key pieces of information you would have acquired when you learned anything about the gun would have been about the self-destruct button, I feel like. You would think. Although I guess the self-destruct button is probably more of like a fail-safe, except it's on the gun, so it would be a horribly designed (laughs) fail-safe. Yeah. It should be remote. (laughs) It's a bad gun, really, is what it comes down to. Very bad gun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, Kingpin's like, okay, well... Cool. Um, so he tosses the self-destruct, the, the near self-destructing Omni Blaster at Spider-Man, <laughs> grabs a parachute, runs over. Spider-Man's doing nothing at, while all this is going mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. He's just letting Kingpin do all this. Run, grabs the parachute, runs over to the steering wheel of the of the plane, like steers it to aim it directly at the ground. So it's like hurtling, <laughs> nose diving to the ground. Again, Spider-Man's just, I guess, standing there watching him holding the self-destructing gun. Yeah, this um, directional and, thing not reflected inside the plane at all. Kingpin yeah. directs this plane at, like, like face forward at the ground. And then they cut back into the, the airplane and Kingpin's just walking around. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yep. funny. And Spider-Man's just watching him, and then Kingpin's like, all right, well, I'm going to jump out with my parachute, have fun with that gun, and he jumps out, and Spider-Man doesn't try to web him, nope. doesn't do, he does nothing, nope. just stands there with this gun that is going to self-destruct in seven seconds, in, the, in a plane that is hurtling towards the ground. Look, he was distracted by how adorable Kingpin is in a fucking parachute harness. <laughs> it's one of the true. funniest things I've ever seen is it Kingpin is- putting on a parachute. <laughs> It's very cute. I that agree. has to be a custom parachute. That man is huge. <laughs> yeah, it must be. <laughs> also, that parachute design, horrible. That that would be the most painful parachute harness ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's like nothing supporting any part of his body whatsoever. <laughs> nope. Poor guy. Oh, boy. Well... <laughs> 46 seconds after the self-destruct button was pushed, the plane explodes. You better believe I timed it. (laughs) I was hoping you would. Yep. 46 seconds after the seven-second self-destruct button was pushed. Yeah. 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 Spidey jumps jumps out onto the Kingpin's parachute. So, like, 
he just leaves the gun onto this plane, lets the plane explode. I'm sure that that plane caused a ton of collateral damage when all of the pieces of it fell, you know, crashed into different places. The explosion was probably close enough to the earth for, for the shock waves to affect nearby yeah. like places. A lot of people died in the situation, but it's, <laughs> it's fine. And if not, that self-destruct explosion is really horrifying. Yeah, because if yeah. you hit, if you if you hit that thing on the ground, everything in like a twenty five mile radius is getting vaporized. Uh, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the ground, Kingpin lands in a pig pen, uh, and shortly after, the police apprehend him. And Captain America is like, "All right, well, I guess we did the thing." So he's like, "Bye, everyone," <laughs> and just rides off into the sunset. Well. Iceman never got his interview. So Bobby's like, oh, wait a second. That interview, though. So he chases after Captain America. Captain America gives him a cassette tape, which is fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And unfortunately, holding it in his icy hand causes the tape to freeze and shatter. Oh, boy. (laughs) So Iceman does not have an interview. So sad. I guess this is the first time he's ever held, like, any kind of... (laughs) Technology in his icy hand. I guess so. <laughs> poor, poor Bobby. The episode ends with Spider-Man and Firestar back at home, walking in on Bobby interviewing himself as Iceman, doing a very bad job of keeping his identity secret. Uh, I do quite like Frank Welker doing his little voice changes between um, Iceman and Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause, like does you know Bobby is his normal voice, and he very specifically puts like a more adult, deeper, manly voice on for uh, for when he's Iceman. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. One of the things he says is like the question that he asks himself is like, how did you, when did you first use your ice powers or something like that? And one of his answers is like, well, I was the only kid on the block who always had a popsicle for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean, Bobby? (laughs) Uh, It's wonderful. Anytime Frank Welker can just talk to himself, I'm a fan of. Which happens quite often in, in, you know, in things. So. Well, uh, yeah, that's the end of that one. <laughs> that's yep. all there is to that one. <laughs> uh, that's it. Face of the episode, I like, uh, so when, when the characters are, are hypnotized by the psycho disc, uh, their eyes are all white. Like, they just erase their irises and pupils. And there's a point when we see Captain America just, like, charging towards the camera. But the way that, like, his face is as he's slowly running towards the camera he looks very happy, but also because his eyes are all white, it's just kind of strange. So it's just a very happy, hypnotized cat. Yeah. Just, uh, I like it's it. kind of weird. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's weird and I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. the hypnotized faces, although I will say I don't like when Kingpin's pupils shrink into his eyes. Yeah. That's creepy. Which makes less sense considering he was faking it the whole time. <laughs> So how do you learn that trick, dude? <laughs> That's even more terrifying, actually, that he can just do that on command. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, what do you think of this one? It's fine. It's fine. I knew, I knew going into it, that will be fine, and it's fine. It's it was, fine. I like. I like. Uh, I do like Iceman as a character on this show when they yeah. write him like the appropriate amount of like himbo. I think that that's great, and I think it's it's good in that. Um, but other than that, it's you know it's yeah. a very standard standard plot. Yeah, I think this is this is a good example of like what amazing friends is when it's just doing its thing you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's just it's just doing a thing <laughs> telling a story yeah. nothing's really terrible yeah. about it but nothing's really off the wall um so the only real amazing friends thing missing from this is just something super bizarre 
Yeah. Which makes it fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still plenty weird. There's <laughs> still plenty of weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, you can't it's fully stuff. remove the weirdness from Amazing Friends, nor would I ever want you to. You know? No, that's why I like it. Yeah. That's why I like yeah. it. <laughs> the other thing that I like yeah? are Patreon. Hey, me too. <laughs> Patreon.com slash walloping love snappers. We got lots of cool stuff. We've got a lot of stuff going on uh, now because we're doing our AMAs every month, so you can ask us literally anything. We'll answer a question on there, and they're available to patrons early, and then after two weeks, they're open to everybody. So even if you're not a patron, you can still check out our Patreon for those AMA episodes as they become available. Um, And we have our movie commentaries for our $5 and up spectacular patrons, where we are watching every Spider-Man movie ever, and that includes the ones that he just appears in. So eventually, we're going to get to, like, Venom and Avengers Endgame and Infinity War and Civil War and all that stuff, too. Um, But right now, we're still doing in the midst of the Raimi movies, which are so much fun to do those commentaries on. Yeah. Um, So please check those out. That's just some of the new stuff that we're doing, in addition to all of our other bonus content that you hear us talk about all the time. Yeah. So please check us out there. In the meantime, if you'd like to find us individually on the internet, where can we find you, Doug? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can find me on another podcast here on the 4 Radio Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast where my co-host Kyle and I talk about Pokemon just as we feel like it. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming, where my friends Katie and Vicky and I catch up on all the books and games that we have been consuming. What about you, Derek? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on YouTube under my video essay series, Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media, but from a positive lens. You can also check out both Doug and I on our monthly podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon. We're watching every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on WALL-E is out now, and we got a couple of really cool guests, so you should please... Uh, you should definitely check that out wherever you get your podcasts um, and give us a rate and review for that sh- for that show because we could uh, we could use some for that one because it's a good show. Mm-hmm. Also, visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com. You can find all of our episodes um, from this show and from Falling With Style on that website, all archived there in order along with all of our episode images and cool links and everything. And you can follow Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod, or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Like I said, rate, review, and subscribe to our shows on all of those major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and listen to them. Rate and review us, because it helps other people find us. Next week, we're going to finish the first season of Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, but it's an episode that only ever aired once, so you're not actually going to find it on Disney Plus because it's it's uh, I guess it's technically a quote unquote banned episode is what they call it. But it's not really banned. You can still find it. You can still buy yeah. it on like Amazon Prime and iTunes. But it's it's catchy when you see a headline. and It's like the banned episode of Amazing <laughs> Friends they never wanted you to see. So that episode is called Quest of the Red Skull. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, there's going to be a lot more of conversation in that one than it was in this one. Bye. (laughs) See ya. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Those lyrics are trash. 